Welcome back, healthy people, to another great episode of On Call with Dr. Randy. I'm so glad to have you all back for another great episode. I know in the previous episode, I said I would refer to y'all as my healthy patients, but after speaking to my lawyer, Annalise Keating, she suggested that I refer to y'all as my healthy people and not my healthy patients. The world is crazy and I don't want anyone suing me for malpractice based upon them saying that they're my patient based upon a podcast. So from going forward, I'm going to refer to y'all as my healthy people and not my healthy patients. So once again, thank you for joining me for another great episode of On Call with Dr. Randy. So in today's Healthy People Information, we will discuss colon cancer screening. With the recent passing of actor Chadwick Boseman at the age of 43, notable for his role in Black Panther and other movies, I thought that it was highly important to discuss colon cancer screening. Colon cancer is the third leading cause of cancer deaths in the United States. Therefore, it is highly important that you get screened for colon cancer. So Dr. Randy, when do I get screened? Great question. Well, it depends on a few factors. According to the American Cancer Society, the average person with no symptoms should start colon cancer screening at age 45. There are other screening guidelines that state you should start at age 50, but they will likely update their guidelines to change that to age 45. This is because more younger people are starting to get diagnosed like Chadwick with colon cancer. People who should get screened earlier include people with a first degree relative, that means either your mom, your dad, your sister, your brother, those relatives, if they've gotten colon cancer before the age of 60, you would need to get screened earlier than age 45. Another group of individuals who should be screened earlier include people who have two first degree relatives that have had colon cancer. No matter what age they were diagnosed at, they should be screened earlier than age 45. One last group of individuals who may need to get screened for colon cancer earlier include people who have family members with intestinal diseases, such as those who develop a considerable amount of polyps. That's the easiest way to put it. Um, don't want to get too technical with the words, but those individuals know who they are. That's why you got to know your family history. So if you have a family member who has a lot of overgrowth of polyps, you should get screened for colon cancer earlier. There are multiple ways to get screened for colon cancer. Methods include getting a colonoscopy, which is when a specialist sticks a camera up your rectum to check for colon cancer. Stool samples can be used for, to check for colon cancer, and you can also have a CT scan. Each test has their own pros and cons, but the best test is a colonoscopy. How often you should get screened after your initial test depends on the test and the results. So whatever they find, on the test, if you're doing a stool sample or the colonoscopy, those results will tell you if you need to follow up sooner at, or at regular intervals after having a colonoscopy. Well, Dr. Randy, I don't wanna wait until I'm 45 to make sure I don't have colon cancer. I want to get checked now. I want to get checked ASAP. A person try to play me, I'ma blow them off the map ASAP. What are you doing, Dr. Randy? Don't, don't start that again. Put your ratchetness back in the cage. You're in doctor mode. Well, unfortunately, most insurances won't pay for you to have those tests done earlier than what I mentioned. If you're trying to get it done yourself, you'll have to pay out of pocket, and that could be thousands of dollars if you're trying to do a colonoscopy. If you're trying to do one of the stool sample screenings, that may be 
like seven, eight hundred dollars if you're trying to do it that way. So paying out of pocket can be costly if you're trying to do it earlier than what we recommend. This is unless you're having concerning symptoms, you can have a colonoscopy earlier. So what are these concerning symptoms? Aha, I'm not gonna tell you right now. I'm gonna make you wait for that for the next episode on call. That's when I talk about those concerning symptoms that may lead to you having a colonoscopy earlier than age 45. So today's guest is Michael Chum, the president of the Atlanta chapter of the National Urban League Young Professionals and part owner of a website called I Am Black Business. The Young Professional Organization is an auxiliary group of the National Urban League. The mission of the organization is to support the National Urban League movement through volunteerism, philanthropy, and membership development. They accomplish this by supporting their local affiliate, the Urban League of Greater Atlanta, providing a forum for the development of young professionals and engagement of Atlanta's youth. Michael is in his second year as president and was recently voted National President of the Year. We will get into what made him join the organization, the great things they have done during his tenure, and how he was able to raise over $150,000 his first year as president. Yes, over $150,000. So if you're looking for tips on how to raise money for your organization, this is something you should listen to. This will be a two-part interview. In the second part, we will discuss his website, I Am Black Business, and how to get your business on there. So let's get into the interview. I hope you enjoy it. So what's up, everybody? This is Dr. Noop, a.k.a. Dr. Randy, a.k.a. the author of the comedic medical thriller, the book that you should have already gotten already, Appendicitis. It's on Amazon. It's on my website, Heinz Entertainment. I'm chilling with my homeboy today. He is the president of the Atlanta chapter of the Young Urban League Professionals, Michael Chum. Thank you for sitting down and talking with me today. No, no problem, Randy, man. You know, I, I appreciate the, uh, the the invite, man. I, and, you know, you, you being a member of the organization, you know, I had I had to make sure, I, you know, I, I support you, man. You know, it's all about supporting our own, supporting black owned. So, you know, when you asked me, I was like, I got you. I got you. Cool, cool. Appreciate it. So Michael is the president of the Atlanta chapter of the Urban League of Greater Atlanta. So for those who don't know, um, can you explain what is the Urban League and specifically like the young professional what makes it different from the other urban league yeah so um so we think about the urban league of greater atlanta young professionals um the, the key word is young professionals right so we're uh um, an auxiliary of the urban league of greater atlanta of young professionals from the ages of uh, 21 to 40 Technically, we probably have some members in our organization that are over 40 that still identify as young professionals, but, you know, <laughs> it, it is what it is, right? So, to sum it up, what, what we do is we're, we support the, um, our affiliate chapters through a myriad of, of different ways, um, uh, philanthropy, uh, service, um, uh, volunteerism, and uh, membership development, right? So... The Urban League of Greater Atlanta is is an affiliate chapter, like I said before, of the National Urban League. 
Um, and the National Urban League uh, is a um, is a national organization that has many affiliate chapters across the country. And the purpose is to make sure that we as an organization support mainly our black and brown um, uh, brothers and sisters um, across the country, um, even though we are an organization that's open to everybody. Right. Mm-hmm. Um when, when you when you think about the 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 fact that um, the ones that that are that are truly impacted, especially when it pertains to um, what's going on with COVID, jobs, health, housing, and edu- education and justice, it's our black and brown um, brothers and sisters, right? So mm-hmm. um, while, while we are open to everybody, we want to make sure that we uh, that we we also uh, put a lot of our time and effort into into bring up those that are um uh severely impacted by uh what's going on with the with you know with our government with the um policies and things of that nature um making sure that everybody has what they need in order to be um you know in order to move to that next level right because it is not it's not something it's not one thing to to say you know what we're going to help you you know make sure that you pay your rent we're going to make sure that we help you you know make sure that you have food but we also have programming, and that's one of the things that I love about my, um, you know, the Atlanta chapter is there are a lot of different programmings to help ensure that we as individuals continue to progress in, in life. Right, right. What, what made you join the organization? Like, were you influenced by other members who came before you? Are you real active? Where you, where you from? Yeah, so to be honest with you, I didn't know about Urban League at all until about uh, the end of 2014. I got a one of my good friends, um, Christopher Bruce, who's um, with the ACLU now. He was a member of the of the organization, and he actually, um, he and I were just talking one day, having drinks, and I was like, "Man, I I need something else to do, right? Because I all I do is I'm I'm working and I'm going home. Uh, mm-hmm. I might go out and, and hang out with my." friends, you know, that, that I've known for, for years, you know, on the weekends, but I need something to do in between time. Right. So he said, well, why don't you come, why don't you come look at the, uh, you know, um, join the urban league of, of great Atlanta young professional. I was like, what is that? He's like, bro, it's a good organization. You love to, uh, I know, you know, one of the things you like to do is you like to give back as much as possible in, in the community and whenever you can. And this, this will be a great way for you to continue to do that, but then also grow your network meet some new people, develop your leadership skills and things of that nature. I was like, okay. So when I actually met, when I actually um, went to uh, an event, it was actually at a, at, at a friend, of, uh, a friend of his house who was at the time, the, um, I think, So we were just watching football, just talking. I met the president, Terry on Courier, um, and a couple of other, a couple of other fellas. And they were just telling me about what the organization does. They were telling me about the, the community service aspect. Now they were also telling me about the uh, the social aspect too. I was like, okay, cool. So he said, you know, just go in and join. Um, you know, if you don't like it, we you know we can have a conversation about you know things that you, you know you don't like about, it and we can you know maybe look to try to uh, incorporate some things to help make sure you, you have a good experience. So I ended up joining, and oddly enough, 2015. They they started um, having special elections because the um, the treasurer at the time ended up getting a new job and she wasn't going to be able to fill her second term. So so Charion's called me one day was like, hey, you got you know you you got some time to go have lunch. I was like, okay. 
He was like, look, Bruce got said, you. Christopher he Bruce got said, you with that food. Exactly, exactly. So, so Christopher Bruce said, told Terry on, you know, Mike works at the time worth of Coca-Cola. He, he's good in finance, good in accounting. He's hmm. good at, good in budget. Now, budgeting, I was okay in, but accounting and finance, I was good at. So Terry's like, look, man, we need you. I, I need you to be my treasurer, at least for this year. And then if you don't want to do it again, then fine. I was like, okay, fine. That's how they got me in. I, I've been treasurer for, for, I was treasurer for four years from, from basically 2015 to 2018-ish. And then, um, and then uh, I wasn't even trying to be president, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. But Shalondon, um, Hollister at the time, who was president, was like, hey, I think you'd be a good fit. But I was like, why? <laughs> I mean, I'm cool with being, being treasurer. I, I right. you know I, I think it'll be cool just to be a, a regular member. Like no, I think I think you'll be good for it. Just think about it. So again, I talked to Christopher Bruce, and he was like, "Hey man, look, you you've been treasurer. People like you. They always want they always want to do things for you in in the name of Urban League. So why not be president so you can so you can amplify that?" Mm-hmm. I'm like, uh, I was like. This dude is spinning some 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 good stuff right now. So I said, you know what? Fine. Like he I'm going ran, to. He didn't rain game on you twice. Twice, man. Like I'm like, how, how is this even possible? Like people people trying to run game on me is, is uh, very far few in between, right? But for the simple fact that you know, I I trusted uh, I trust Bruce a lot because he's in the community, right? He knows what's going on. He has a he has a very good sense of you know, who can help to make, uh, to help push the needle forward or help with the movement. And he said, Mike's that guy. So I ended up running. I ran on the pose. I got, became president and now I'm here. Okay. You come a long way, started from the bottom and now you're here. You yes, stepped sir. up. At, yes, you sir. Stepped... Started from the bottom. Now I'm here, man. Right. So you stepped up as treasurer. Then you stepped up as president. What has it been like yep. being president thus far? Man, um, it's been it's been interesting. The responsibilities of being president versus treasurer is is on two totally different levels, right? Mm-hmm. As treasurer, I was only responsible for the for the budget and the finance to make sure that we weren't overspending, right? As president, I'm responsible for uh, to a great extent the uh, the strategy of the organization. I'm responsible to make sure that that we um, we don't do anything that that can um, jeopardize our 501c3 um, status, uh, mm-hmm. which we're under the Great Urban League of Greater Atlanta. Um, right. You can't I'm be the out guy, there like blowing blowing the money at the clubs and stuff, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> to spend the money, I, 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 we got to spend it legitimately, right? So, so um, that, but then also, you know. And I, I've been working with my my vice president Brittany March, which you know I'm just gonna say this right now, she was a godsend to uh, for for me to be president. Her being vice president has been a very tremendous uh, um, thing for this organization because she understands from an operational standpoint how things should work, right? So again, so you know, fiduciary responsibility, strategic plan. But then also making sure that, you know, when I meet with individuals, they have a better understanding of what the organization does and how they can help. So I'm basically like the, the face of the organization of the uh, young professional chapter. 
And people come to me and ask me questions all the time. What do you guys do and how can I help? Right. So I need to understand uh, what we what we have going on and how can uh, how can other organizations like like a UPS or a Delta Community Credit Union or even small businesses like a Millennial Properties or a, uh, you know, we'll say even a, a security company, how they can how, how they can provide a positive impact in our community. And like as being a president, like you mentioned, your strategic plan and everybody, as far as in a leadership role, wants to leave their specific mark, their legacy that they had when they were president. Like, what did you want to do as far as being president, as far as the mark that you wanted to leave? Did you want to like raise more money, have different kind of volunteering activities compared to previous administration? Like, how do you want to be like, all right, this what when everybody talk about Michael's president, this is what I did. This I, I left my legacy. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So it, it, was a, it was a couple of things. One of them was I wanted to increase the amount of money that, that we raised in the organization. Um, and I, I wanted to make sure that uh, a majority of that money went back to our uh, to the affiliate chapter of the Urban League of Greater Atlanta. But then I also wanted to increase the amount of money that we gave to uh, the college or the, let's say the students that are in uh, Project Ready, um, which is a uh, Project Ready is a is a program within the Urban League of Greater Atlanta where um, the purpose is to help uh, students who are in that program matriculate, uh, whether it is to college or to some post-secondary you know, institution. And it, it could be somebody wants to do the work. Um, if somebody wants to, wants to become a medic, okay, or somebody wants to become a mechanic, or if they want to do like, let's say they want to go to a, um, they want to learn how to uh, be a mechanic at a, at a, um, a, a work on airplanes, right? Mm-hmm. There are programs in, yes, they're, they're, thank you. Thank you. I, I can I can't even think of the word, but yeah, trade school, right? So there are there are there are aspects of of the um of of that program that uh, that helps to ensure that those that those students get to where they are, right? A majority of them want to go to college, right? So what we what we've done and we've been doing since I think since like ten is we've been providing them with scholarships, right? Um. So I said, you know, I want to increase that amount of money. And I want I wanted to to be more impactful. So this past fiscal year, we gave four students five thousand dollars each. That's never good. been done before, right? Yeah. Um. And 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 as far as raising money, money, we raised. I agree. I agree. You know that, mm-hmm. that that that's something that that you know I had to fight for. You know, as mm-hmm. as trying to get the college to try to give at least five thousand dollars in scholarships, right? Um. Mm-hmm. When when it comes to fundraising. We raised over one hundred and sixty-one thousand dollars. Never been okay. done before, right? Him, you see what I'm saying? So, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I was, you know, I was out there, man. I, I was, I was putting that work in. Um, and so then we mean, gave our you, that was you on the corner. I seen out there selling <laughs> bean pies and mixtape <laughs> CDs for Urban League, Urban League Volume Three mix CD. I was doing what, whatever whatever was necessary for us to be able to get to that point, right? Because mm-hmm. again, you talk about you talk about impact, raising one hundred and sixty one thousand um, dollars, and then giving your affiliate almost eighty grand of that of that amount in order in order to help them uh, continue with the programming was a big deal, right? Mm-hmm. Because you know in the past we, we we've given it, we've given our affiliate chapter 
you know, 35,000 one year, 50K one year, et cetera, et cetera. But to say we, but to say we gave our affiliate almost $80,000 and they, and they were able to utilize a lot of that for, like I said, project ready, right? The scholarship. Um, they also have, they also took a, a good amount of that money to go towards the college tour that, that, that project ready does every year. And um, and then the rest of it was, was kind of divvied up between the different programs that we as YPs wanted to su- wanted to uh, to support. Right. The other thing is, and this is something that Brittany and I really uh, harped on, was we we wanted to be the chapter that that had the most uh, service volunteer service hours out of anybody. Right. Okay. We accumulated almost thirteen thousand community service hours. That is a lot. That's amazing, man. Right. That's amazing. That is a lot. If I would have documented mine, y'all would have had 13,500. I'm going to work on documenting (laughs) mine next time. And and, and so, so, so you you bring up a good point, uh, bring up good things because one of the things that, 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 that was, that we noticed in the past is that our members did a lot. You know, you guys as members, y'all do a lot. Y'all attend events. Y'all give y'all time to attend the committee to to attend your different committee meetings, right? Mm-hmm. Helping to plan stuff. Y'all volunteer your time to actually help with like check in, set up, breakdown, being the ones to 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 help. Uh, you know, just um mingle with 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 individuals, especially new 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 prospective members who um don't know about Urban League to help them kind of get acclimated to the organization, right? We did a great job of ensure, you know, making sure that we continue to harp on the fact that everybody needs to record their hours. Mm-hmm. Right? If you record your hours, we're able to report that back to nationals. Mm-hmm. Nationals uses that, and and when I mean national, I mean the national urban league of professionals. They utilize that a lot of times when they're talking to potential sponsors, mm-hmm. right? And those sponsors are like, so what have you guys done? Uh, let's say in the south, in in the in the in the southeast. Well, you, you know, they could pull up and say, you know what, the Atlanta chapter of of um, the National Urban League, they accumulate thirteen thousand dollars. They did this, this, and this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, it 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 helps us as well because we can we can go to our sponsors and our potential sponsors say. You know, we have a we have a, a very diverse base of young professionals who are dedicated to making an impact in this community. We mm-hmm. desperately would need your help in in this aspect, and this is what this is what you will get out of it as far as, far as exposure wise, right? Um, mm-hmm. So it helps us in, in that in that aspect. But you know, again, you know, the biggest thing is for um, you know, and the other thing, the last thing I, I you know I wanted to to do as far as legacy wise is uh was two things the the first thing is i wanted to give our members a a, a different perspective on on events right we've done we put on a bunch of different events throughout the you know in, you know in my time as president i mean i'm sorry a treasurer and um and even when i was a member for a brief moment in time some of the stuff was always the same right um the same type of holiday so- soiree the same type of dream catchers event the same type of you know xyz right um i i, I put a lot of I, I put a lot of faith in my team um and to be honest with you like you know again i talk about britney but 
the team that I had, and, you know, I, I really appreciate the team that I, I have as well, but I do, you know, say that the team that I have, I really uh, just kind of let them do their own thing because I knew that they had a lot of skill sets, right? Um, you know, again, I talk about I talk about the holiday soiree. Um, Amherst Clements, who is who was the uh, the the chapter events, uh, or let's say the uh, the, um, the the chapter events for like the the holiday soiree and, and what would have been Dreamcatchers. Um, I kind of let her do her, do her own thing because she really um, she she by trade is a um, event planner. I was like, I don't need to, we don't really need to do anything uh, moving forward because you got it. I don't need to do anything. You know, I don't need to, you know, micromanage. What was was her role with Urban League? Like, what was her title? So, so her her title was uh, Chapter Events Code League. And essentially what, essentially what she did, what she did, does is, or did at that time was to just plan our, our large signature events. Um, the, the first one being the holiday soiree, right? Um, she would have, you know, if, if COVID wouldn't happen and you know, I'm mad about COVID, but mm-hmm. she would have helped to plan the, the, the dream catchers event as well. Right. Um, so with, so with the, with the, the holiday soiree, she wanted to do something totally different than what we've done before. So that it was a circus theme event and she wanted to, to make sure that we were more intentional about our, about being, um, more in line with our sponsors and uh yeah with our sponsors right so um we had a bunch of sponsors and we ended up raising about sixteen thousand dollars the most the most that we've done in, in you know since since I, I i was in the um you know i, I was a member so so right? let's talk let's um, talk about that a little more as far as like sponsorships <laughs> and how you are able to accrue so much money as far as during your first year as president, especially during a pandemic as well. Like, how did you go yep. about yep. getting sponsorships and getting money? Because I'm sure there's people who can be listening to this who do different things as far as trying to find sponsorships and what routes do they need to go, how hard to press the button on these people and staying in their face and yep. putting a bug in their ear to get the money that you need to make your events happen. So, uh, so good question. So pre-COVID, um, I, you know, a lot of a lot of the sponsors that that we ended up acu- you know accumulating, um, you know, pre-COVID, let's say up to like you know March um, of this year, was due to just relationships. Um, you know, I ended up meeting, let's say the uh, you know one of our major sponsors was UPS Capital, right? Um, Crystal Kennedy is a member is an employee at UPS. And she ended up introducing me to the the um the 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 woman that was uh, essentially over the dollars that we got for from from that organization that part of the organization right um, same thing with uh, with Uber. Brittany Marshall has knows has a friend that uh, that she's you know um, uh, developed a, a very very good relationship with. That, that's part of other organizations. Um, Who, who's Brittany Marshall? Oh, sorry. So Brittany Marshall my, is is my vice president for okay, okay. for the Urban League Professionals, and then so Kennedy, she's the former social and cultural chair that was on my team during my first my first year of my of my term as president. Okay. Right. Um. So 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 Brittany had Brittany was able to to, to reach out to uh, her her contact. Um, and secure some dollars from from Uber, right? 
I had a, I have a friend uh, who's now a, a member, uh, Madi Cheney, who's with Millennial Properties. I reached out to him and said, hey, man, you know, is there, um, you know, I know you guys are looking to expand your, you know, let's say your um, your business to, for more young professionals to come to you uh, when you're looking to purchase, uh, uh, when they're looking to purchase homes or even sell homes. You know, I, I think it would be a good idea for you to for you to be a part of this holiday this holiday party, right? As a sponsor, he said, "Okay, so send me the details. I'll look it over with 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 my team, and then we'll get back with you." Literally four days later, another and another person um, I can't remember her name right now. She's gonna kill me. Um, but she ended up reaching she ended up reaching back out to to me and say, "Hey, you know, Marty uh, mentioned that there's you know you guys you guys have this holiday party going on." We love to be a part of it. We want to do like the thousand uh, dollar sponsorship level. I was like, okay, that works, <laughs> right? Um, I, I, it, it, and then like one of our other sponsors, Delta Community Credit Union. They now I never had a relationship with them, but they ended up finding us based off of, of I think they were doing either a search or somebody sent our newsletter about a holiday soiree to them, right? Okay. And they said, hey, we want we want to uh, be a sponsor. Is it too late? And we was like, no, nah, it's, it's never done. too late for, for more money. So like, <laughs> it's ne- never too late for more money, right? So yeah, so they, so they they ended up uh, giving us a thousand dollars for for that. But then also the other thing um, that you know we talk about sponsorships and and to an extent is is you know this is a a great thing to do is we make sure that we continue to 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 have these develop these relationships with these potential, uh, with these sponsors who have already sponsored our organization. But then also we're always looking for, for new ones, right. To make sure that we continue to increase the amount of money that, that, that we can get, because you never know, you know, an organization may end up saying, you know what, we can't, we can't give, uh, you know, the usual amount, you know, $15,000 this year because of COVID. Right. Mm-hmm. So they'll say, man, we, we can only do five. And we're like, all right, cool. We just we end up just actually inking a a a, a, a deal with this other organization who's gonna who's gonna give us ten. So we we're not gonna lose any money, right? Um, it, the other thing though, and I, I think you know for anybody that that that's you know that's part of an organization that is looking to increase the amount of money that that comes into their organization, never sleep on your members. Never sleep on your members. The members are can be the lifeblood of what you of how much not not just how much you bring in but like I said before when we talk about service they're the ones who who can who who are always who always want to give back right so we were able to come up with a bunch of different campaigns that uh helped to ensure that we were able to receive as much as we can from our members right and then, again this is pre-covid because you know nobody thought COVID was was going to happen. We we really thought that you know we were going to be able to you know increase it to like maybe two hundred k, right? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, my team as well. Um, they gave as much as they could. So one of the, one of the campaigns that we did from the from our fund development um committee, which um is uh Tiffany Scott, who is a former who's a former fund development chair um during my first year as um as president came up with this uh campaign called uh can't remember the name of it but essentially 
it, the 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 purpose was to um, ensure that our members to ensure our members gave, but in order for members to give, they need to see that leadership also is 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 heavily invested in the um in the organization as well, right? So there oh it, it's a monthly give campaign. It just finally just hit me. So a monthly give campaign is where we work to try to get um, individuals to 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 commit to giving a certain amount of money every month, right? Um, where it could be five dollars, it could be ten dollars, it could be a hundred dollars, whatever whatever you, you can afford, give that, right? And it sounds like you're paying tags in Urban League. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, we hey, gotta keep the lights I mean, on. I mean, they're, they're, right? I mean, to, that that's basically it. You know, we have to make sure that we that we continue to keep the lights on because without Urban League, because Urban League is one of the oldest. Uh, civic engagement organiz- and volunteer organizations in in the in the country. You're talking about, uh, especially our chapter, the the Urban League Great Atlanta, celebrated 100 years this year. Huh. Right, it's been around for 100 years. Just huh. just think about that, a, a hundred year old organization that that has always been there to support anybody and everybody. Regardless if you lost your job and you're looking to, to get a new one, regardless of if you uh, if you're low on food and you can't afford to, you know, what what you what you can out in rent and bills and everything um, leaves you with little amount for, for food. Mm-hmm. Um, regardless of, of of if there's a you know the pan, a pandemic going on, voting, voter registration, voter education, that's what that that's the purpose, right? So, right. do you think enough people kind of realize that as far as the Urban League being there to help them with those certain aspects? I, now, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, you know, when, when I when I joined, I didn't know what I didn't know who Urban League was, but mm-hmm. I think you know people, uh, especially in our uh, most disenfranchised communities, I think they know who Urban League is and they understand to an extent what Urban League does, but. Mm-hmm. For those that may that may be, you know, uh, we'll say in the middle class, everybody may not know what Ur- who Urban League is, or what Urban League does, but there there's always one person who can point to 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 them and say they help me out, they help me do something, or they they help me to help. Uh, uh, you know, I was looking to start a business, I didn't know how to start it. I went to the mm-hmm. Urban League because I heard about it from from somebody who who received help from them in the past. And I was able to start my, start, you know, start my business from the ground up, right? right. Um, yeah. So, so I think you know, Urban League has always been there for those that are that 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 have been disenfranchised. Mm-hmm. But in order to ensure that Urban League is around for more for, uh, you know, for years to come, I think we also need to make sure that we are being impactful with the uh, with the middle class community as well, right? Mm-hmm. Because the middle class community, to be honest with you, man. Most people probably live in paycheck to paycheck, mm-hmm. right? And one one false move with with your finances, you lose your job, whatever the case may be. You could be down in in the um in the uh the pork the the um uh in the pork classes, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, it, it it's always uh you know, urban is always there for everybody, regardless of who it is. But I know, um, you know, if if anything ha- if they, if they, anything was to happen to me, I'm going there first and foremost. I'm I'm gonna reach out to people that I know at Urban League and say, "Hey, I lost my job. Is there anything that you guys can help me with?" Right, yeah. right. 
So you talk about earlier as far as like, like you just mentioned, community events and a lot of volunteering hours that have occurred since you've been a president. Like, so what, what are some of like the community events that you're most proud of that you kind of helped to put on underneath your tenure? I know one thing that I'm always happy to go to is when we go to the nursing home and help feed the older individuals over there. Um, you want to speak on any other events that you, you happy that y'all do? Or we do voter registration and voter, voter education. Um, being in this organization, I've come to come to realize that there are a lot of individuals who don't know their their rights as voters. Mm-hmm. They they don't know that you know. Uh, and I'll give you an example. You know, there was a guy. Uh, this was you know some years ago. There was a guy. Um, we were out at uh, I think it was the Walmart off of MLK. Um, he had he had been incarcerated for maybe uh, for a couple of years, um, done his parole, and um, was 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 finally done. Right? Mm-hmm. He when when we when, when we talked to him about uh, about registering to vote, he was like, "I can't vote. I'm I'm a felon." And I and we were like, "Well, okay. Did you complete your your uh, your you know did you complete everything? Um, your your did you complete your time uh, when you were in you know locked you know locked up? Did you complete your parole uh, um, responsibilities and all of that? And did they you know did you finally get everything you you know did they tell you that you're that you're no longer on parole? He was like, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, that's about about two months ago. And we were like, yeah. So the way it works in Georgia is once you've completed your time served, uh, and and you're no longer you know on parole or in jail or anything like that, you can actually register to vote. He was like, nah, you can't. <laughs> he was like, yeah, you, you can. <laughs> yeah, you good now. And he was like, he was like, they everybody was telling me I can't vote anymore because I'm you know I'm a former felon. We was like. We get the former fellow part, but you can still vote. You you sure. you you served your time, whatever it was for. We don't want to know what it, what it was for. The the purpose is that that you're trying to move forward, so you need to go ahead and, and fill out this paperwork to become mm-hmm. a registered voter. He filled it out, and he's like, "Man, I'm gonna tell my partners." I was like, "Good, right. right?" So so the voter education, voter registration, that's always something that I I love because. Again, we talk about us as us as a uh, as black and brown communities. You know, we're the ones who are always the most impacted when it comes to policies, uh, laws, things of that nature, because they don't really take us into consideration when when they're when they're putting putting these things together. We need to be we need to make sure that we have uh, that we that we vote for the for the individuals who who have our best interests at heart. I don't care if you're if you're a Republican. I don't care if you're a Democrat. As long as you're voting and you're voting for who you think best serves your interests, that's mm-hmm. all that matters, right? right. We're not we're right. a nonpartisan organization, so we can never tell anybody who they vote for and and things of that nature. As long as you're voting, that's all we care about, right? Most, you know, obviously, you know, we think about uh, us in the black and brown community. Most of us are going to vote Democrat, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, make sure that 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 you not only register to vote, that you go vote because that mm-hmm. that there's, there's two separate things. People will register, will be registered to vote all day long, but they don't take the time to go vote. And that and that and that that's the thing we we've, we've been harping on, especially 
um, with the with the elections coming up in um, in November, we want to make sure that people go vote. Don't just say I'm registered. Go vote. Either you mm-hmm. do early voting, you do ballot, or you go to day you you, do, you go to uh, the day uh, uh, the day of. Still vote. I don't care if you you know if you need somebody to come to come, to come pick you up. Fine. Call your people. Do whatever you got to do. So that that's that's one. And then the other one is 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 the but two of them. So other one is drink catchers. I love the fact that that we do that we put on an event to highlight students who are do who are uh, excelling in in school. But then I love the fact that we're also uh, giving props to other individuals and organizations that are doing some of the same work that we're doing, and they're and they're doing it great, right? Dreamcatchers has always been a great event. It's always going to continue to be a great event, uh-huh. but I, 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 it, it warms my heart to, to, to see so many of us doing great things in the Atlanta community, and we're able to highlight them without being envious of what they're doing. All right. right. Expand, expand uh, a little bit on Dreamcatchers. That's that's when you give out the scholarships, correct? Yeah. yeah. So so Dreamcatchers. So so the full the full wording of it is the Dreamcatcher Scholarship and Awards Reception. It's done in the spring of um of every year. So we'll say this past uh or this year it was supposed to be in in May, but you know COVID happened. So mm-hmm. the purpose is again, like I said, to highlight those individuals that are doing great work in the community, but then also to uh to give our scholarships to to individuals that are going to that are going to college. And it's been happening, I think, for at least ten years, maybe even longer than that. Mm-hmm. But it's always a great event. You get the opportunity to get dressed up, but still, you know, to be what, what what's the word, uh, classy and ratchet at the same time? Because you know, <laughs> depend on the DJ, you get to listen to some to some good Atlanta music or, uh-huh. or you know, uh, good music from Texas. Some pistol ratchet. There you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. So yeah, I mean, that that's that's one. And then the last one is our uh, is the annual Join Week event. That is where uh, it's done in January, and it's a it's a national urban league professional um, initiative. The purpose is to try to give is to put to display your your organization in a way that that helps you to get um, you know new members, but also uh, to to retain the members that you have. Right, Hmm. Um, it's a week long initiative, and it helps. uh, It's helped us in the past where we've been able to you know reach out to you know uh, wouldn't say reach out, but we put on events, um, new members or prospective members will come in and, and they don't know anything about Urban League. All they've seen on Eventbrite is that there's an, an event going on. There's maybe free drinks, free food. You're like, you know what? I'm going to go try it out. I'm going <laughs> to see what, what, what that's about. All you got to do is um, put free drinks and free food and they're like, hmm? Exactly. Exactly. But, you know, it's, it's, it gives us opportunities to talk to people one-on-one um, or maybe for me, one on like maybe five or six at, at a time, just to just to just to tell, you know you know about what what Urban League does and give them my experience about what you know how I've uh you know how it's helped me in my life as well. That seems like two good things as far as what you're most proud of the voting aspect. Like Michael said, make sure y'all go out and vote. We're not telling you who to go vote for specifically, but it's good to register, but make sure you go out and vote. And then also a good addition to that is making sure that you pay attention to who you're voting for, especially in the local elections. 
because yeah. I've been trying to do better myself as far as paying attention to those type of things and then reading online and to learn about the different candidates. And, and that takes a lot of time to do those type of things, not just go and vote like straight Democrat or if there's like a runoff for two people knowing what each person stands for, because you might be surprised about the person that you would normally think the party would vote for, the stuff that they would have on their website. And you're looking at somebody else like, well, they, they look more like what I would like compared to exactly. what I usually. So, and then yeah. a lot of, a lot of good resources is also your local newspapers. I found that out yep. just kind of reading those online because those are the, the people who do the hard investigation stuff and will tell you a lot about the different candidates and what they're doing as far as to stop other people from voting for other candidates and, and things from that standpoint. Mm-hmm. So, kind very, of very good point. Very good point. So that wraps up part one of the interview with Michael Chum, the president of the Atlanta chapter of the National Urban League Young Professionals. I hope you learned something regarding the great things the organization does, including scholarships for high school students, voter registration drives, and seminars. I attended one seminar, which was for first-time homebuyers, and I found it very informative. I bet the house that you learned something at one of these seminars. Get it? Bet the house because I mentioned home buying seminar. Someone out there chuckling. <laughs> I see that smirk. I, I see you cracking a smile over there. Michael made some great points regarding making sure to look to those around you to raise money for your organization. It is often the people around you who have the connects you need. So if you're looking to get something done, look within your inner circle first before reaching out. Be sure to look up your local Urban League chapter and Urban League Young Professionals affiliate for more information on how to become a member and information on seminars. In part two of the interview with Michael, we'll be talking about his website, I Am Black Business. So look out for that interview next week. I won't make you wait two weeks to hear the second part of the interview. And just a quick recap of colon cancer screening. Make sure to get it at age 45 unless you have a family history of colon cancer in one of the categories I mentioned earlier. If you forgot those categories, just go back to the beginning of the podcast and listen to it again to hear those categories. Once again, thank you for listening. Subscribe to the podcast and share it with others if you enjoyed it. And I did switch the beat up at the end so you have something new to vibe out on. See y'all next week, healthy people. Stay healthy mentally and physically.